0: The amount of depth and power that came from just racing on the road is ridiculous. Doing that leveled me up to where I am now because huh. I saw how these guys trained and the level. It can be snowing, pissing with rain, whatever. They're just out there. Six hours, whatever, and they, they bust their balls every day. Just, it's, it's a way of life, you know? And that, that was like, I was like, okay, shit, I'm soft. It's showtime!
1: showtime
0: you've been living in a dream world Neo. Yeah. this is the world as it exists today life moves pretty fast you don't stop and look around yeah. once in a while you could miss it listen we talking about practice repeat on the dude's run donnie you're out of your element i see you think this has nothing to do with you yeah. Don't ever trash talk black Jesus. This is the Adventure Stash with Payson McCalvin.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. Really excited to bring you today's conversation with Matt Beers, a guy that I've been following for a few years now. I think probably originally because of uh, all of his success at the Cape Epic, which happens to be kind of his home race, I guess. But this year, I've gotten to know him a lot better personally, and also. Been on the receiving end of his absolutely massive power output, which we discuss a little bit during this conversation. Um, It was really fun to get some background as to why he decided to fly all the way over from South Africa multiple times this year to line up for some of the biggest off-road endurance races we have in the States these days. Pretty darn cool. I want to say a big thank you to Epic Rides today for supporting this episode. Their 26th annual Tour of the White Mountains is coming up very soon, October 1st. I'm going to give you some more info about it because it's one of the coolest events we have in the country these days. But if you want in on the action, y'all are going to have to hustle. It's almost sold out. Uh, It'll sell out, if not by the end of the month, probably just a few days into September. There are just a handful of spots left. But this event is way cool. If my schedule was open, I would be there. Basically, imagine if the 24 hours in the old Pueblo and the whiskey off road had a love child. It's definitely competitive if you want it to be but it's also a massive party huge industry expo awesome live music and it takes place in the pine top lakeside arizona region which is just three hours from both phoenix and tucson participants can choose from nine mile 35 mile and 50 mile single track course options and there's even a 30 mile gravel grinder this year like I mentioned, it's a really cool grassroots venue with this natural amphitheater and a beautiful huge stand of pine trees abutting the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest, and it combines high-quality trails with an intimate music venue and super awesome industry expo. Like I said, there are three great distance options, but even the 50-miler has a pretty approachable course. There's only 3,500 feet of climbing for the 50-mile course, which you know is still pretty stout, but... It's not trying to kill you, which is nice. Registration can be found at www.epicrides.com. But like I said, hustle up. There's only a handful of spots left and it'll be sold out within a matter of days. Big thanks also to Dometic for supporting today's episode. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about their new camp chairs, which were all over these days. But I want to circle back and give some appreciation to their cfx series of powered coolers these things are so cool they don't require ice you can plug them in to all kinds of power sources i mean these days with modern cars there's basically like three different ways you could plug it into your car if you're going car camping Uh, but you can also power it off of a little mobile solar panel you could power it off of one of their portable lithium ion batteries they're super efficient super quiet super durable we know this because we've dropped ours multiple times no problem and they have great capacity. Even the, the little 25 liter one, which we love to take to feed zones and for car camping, uh, can fit up to 40 cans, like traditional beer or soda cans, or up to five one liter bottles. If you want more capacity than that, though, they make lots of different sizes all the way up to a 75 liter. You can get yourself 15% off one of these coolers if you like right now with code STASH15. That's all caps, S-T-A-C-H-E, 15 at checkout when you go to Dometic.com. Also, hot tip, if you go to Dometic.com and hit their outdoor tab, you will see that there are lots of awesome outdoor products available from Dometic. Uh, those camp chairs I mentioned, some really sweet stainless steel cups, um, and you can get 15% off any of it, all of it, whatever. Code stash fifteen at checkout. Thank y'all so much for listening, and we'll catch you after the show. All right, so I'm here with Matt, not beers in Boulder. What day is it? Two days after Lead Boat. Um, for some reason, you've been riding a lot again already. Actually, I know why. We'll explain it in a minute. But um, as someone who is just kind of newish. To this scene, this U.S. gravel scene, I want to, we were already just talking about your bewilderment
0: about the steamboat fee zone controversy. Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me, first of all. Yeah. Um, Welcome to the show. Yeah, it's pretty controversy. <laughs> <laughs> Diving straight in. I think I should go to the cupboard and get some spice <laughs> because it got, it, it was, it was gnarly out there. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. Um, kind of seemed like a simple thing to me, but um, obviously, I don't know how it works here. Uh, maybe some unwritten rules. <laughs> don't know. Those are challenging. Don't know where those books are, but <laughs> those are always tricky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: How are you? Like, how's your body post post lead boat? You had some pretty colorful ways of describing the top of Columbine that I'd like to hear again at at some point today. But, um, I mean, we'll, we'll get into kind of your, your race history a bit. You're no stranger to really high level racing, obviously, but this weekend was sort of different presented different challenges, obviously pretty high level racing, but also just crazy parkour.
0: Um, what was your, what was your impression? Yeah. I mean, uh, in back home in South Africa, we all know Leadville. It's like one of the one of the biggest, I think, mountain bike races in the world. Um, and yeah, that I got the op- opportunity to do it, I was pretty stoked. Um, until I started, <laughs> when I got into Leadville and into <laughs> Copper, and I realized how little oxygen there was, and I was then starting to get a little bit concerned about <laughs> <of, laughs> how hard this day was going to be. <laughs> um but yeah freaking insane insane experience and yeah to do the lead boat is um is definitely interesting it's i wouldn't recommend it to everyone but <laughs> <laughs> if you want to challenge yourself then it it's you're definitely gonna work
1: yeah um do you want to do you want to do it again or is that am i asking too soon
0: <laughs> oh yeah i mean in after I finished Steamboat, I was not I wasn't keen, but i've I learned a lot, which which is always the cool thing about doing these is that I kind of know how to prepare a little bit better next time and um, pace myself as well. I'm not the greatest at pacing myself, so I knew that altitude would be a challenge. <laughs> what do you mean you're not the greatest at pacing yourself i I just go full gas until. Until I cannot anymore. And I know at altitude, you can't do that. And I have a feeling that was probably my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, though, where you uh, where did you finish at Ludville?
1: Seventh, I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. not a bad first go, especially with super minimal acclimation. Yeah. Coming from Cape Town, which is literally
0: on the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... To me, I never like... I never want to have an excuse for like acclimation or anything but i I know it plays a part but i do think i didn't ride the smartest so i'll take that as more of a (laughs) something to take away from it um and yeah columbine and that stuff is is yeah describe after after ludville we chatted and you sort of told me (laughs) your
1: experience on the top of columbine give us a little description of what was going through your head as you like broke tree line (laughs) up that goat trail section at twelve thousand feet
0: yeah once you get like through the trees it's actually pretty mellow the gradient and i I was kind of obviously i didn't do any like recon of this stuff and i actually didn't really want to know because (laughs) it would just freak me out (laughs) but in saying that we were going, and then you could feel like once it opened up, I could see, I think, Alexi and, and Keegan up. And I was like, dude, there's no ways we can go up there. <laughs> I'm like, it can't be. <laughs> and I just saw this, like, wall of basically, I don't even know what it was, trail. And, yeah, it was, it was a bit panicky because I was, like, pretty much not, not able to breathe. <laughs> while trying to go up I don't know what percent it is it felt like 30 or something like 20 it's, something it's well over 20 yeah. yeah like high 20s yeah I was like 36, 52 absolutely like wheezing like a pig <laughs> just trying to get up this wall <laughs> and then I got to the top and I didn't even know like how to almost turn left I was just like so I couldn't even see straight and then yeah Lachlan came blasting past me and i was like i better just sit his wheel and try and have someone to ride with (laughs) and that was pretty much my experience with columbine did you did you jump in with him were
1: you able to roll with him after that
0: yeah i roll first yeah the descent down when people are coming up (sighs) so sketchy right it's probably the sketchiest thing i've ever done on a bicycle like it was ridiculous I don't know how no one has ever had like serious injury or maybe they have, they just, no one knows. But that was like by far the sketchiest thing I've ever done. It's funny
1: what gets normalized. Like the race is so famous and so popular and so successful that for some reason, culturally, we've just like, I don't know, the majority of people are just like, yeah, the out and back format is really cool. It allows everyone to cheer for each other, but ignores the fact that there are thousands of riders just weaving around yeah. hypoxic and meanwhile a bunch of other people going 70 plus Ks an hour yeah. on a tight dirt road going opposite directions. One of these days something very bad
0: will happen. Yeah, I mean I don't... I'm pretty shocked that it's like kind of just normalized. It's yeah. like just that this is what you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually... There was a point going down I was like this is stupid and I'm not actually just I'm not bothering. I'm not winning, so what's the point? Mm. But then I think, as we all know, that that race like mentality you just yeah. you switch off again, and you're like, whatever. I, need, I can't get dropped. So that was kind of my place. And then yeah, along Twin Lakes, it just carries on the chaos, and it's just there's pe- literally sections of single track where people are riding towards each other. Yeah, racing. But I didn't know like what. <laughs> like who who has right of way at this point or what's happening like (laughs) apparently we do the faster guys i don't know oh really technically i've never known i don't know the well all the people were just pulling off yeah
1: it seems like it seems like people pull off for us but i almost feel bad sometimes
0: yeah i felt i was trying to like go in the bush, like just trying to like ride my way through but i was like no, this sucks. So eventually, I was like trying to look what Lachlan was doing because at that point I had dropped off him because I was like, "This is too sketchy. Mm. I'm not doing this." And I could see him just like bombing, like straight at people, and I was like, "Okay, well, I guess that's what you do." <laughs> <laughs> so I continued to do that, and um, yeah, the rest was just—I think all of us—you just have kind of a lonely race to the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure. much. For sure. Um, waking up the next morning, what was going through your head?
1: Do you wear a whoop strap or anything?
0: No, okay. I don't have any data. It would have been quite interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very, not a lot of sleep. Yeah. Uh, I think the altitude affects that, what I've heard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you just like, I mean, the starts are pretty early. Six thirty 30 is, uh, it's rough. It like, is, yeah, yeah. Regardless of. <laughs> the fact that you did six and a half hours a day before or not. Um, so that was, I think some more caffeine would have been a good idea, but in the morning, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 like maybe like a Red Bull activator or something just to like kickstart the central nervous system yeah. almost. Yeah. Um, so yeah, these little things you learn. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, we're going to get into Cape epic here in a
1: minute cause you have a lot of history with that, mm-hmm. but how would you compare how many stages are in there are in cape epic eight counting prologue yeah uh seven stages on prologue yeah yeah so, eight so give me maybe a description of the sensations waking up for stage eight of cape epic versus waking
0: up for sbt during blood <laughs> i mean it's obviously with training peaks and all that you can kind of see like what like the negative you get into and that and um like, you get into the negative real quick over two days. Like, negative, whatever, like, 30, 40. Um, but Cape Epic, you're, like, negative 70, something yeah. like that. So Just you're pretty load. toast. Yeah. But that's over a longer period. So, yeah, I think, I like, I texted you. I said it felt like after stage five of Epic, which yeah. is... For me, my worst, like stage five, you feel like just the body is just shut down completely. And that's pretty much what it felt like. <laughs> I think because of the altitude and then being like six and a half hour days, it's it's uh, it's a hell of a lot of like fatigue and strain on the body. Yeah.
1: That's interesting. So for you too, like you start to come out of it late late in Cape Epic, like you
0: start to have better days on seven and eight yeah uh it's weird like you once you do it enough i think this was my sixth time this year you definitely see a pattern like it's pretty much like on the on the head just everyone's obviously different some people get uh, the worst one two and three and then get better i am good and then stage four five it's like normal i know i'm gonna have to going to be a rough day and then from there it gets better yeah so it's quite interesting to that's why it's so hard epic with partners and dynamic because it's very different there's very unlikely that you're both going to feel bad on the same day yeah 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 (laughs) um so before we move
1: on to cape epic uh i want to talk a little bit about just your impressions in, in general of um you know you're making more frequent trips over to the U S now to participate in, uh, our weird corner of, of pro bike racing. Um, and you said some interesting things about how it's actually, you know, done some, some pretty cool things for your career and open, open some doors and obviously it's providing some diversity just from, from a schedule standpoint, schedule standpoint for you. Can you talk a little bit about just kind of the decision to participate in U.S. gravel as a whole. I keep saying gravel, but it's just like, I don't even know what to call yeah. it. That's kind of it's one of the things, because there's, there's no name. It's like grassroots scene, I guess, but also it's getting pretty professionalized. Yeah. Um, what's what's that process been like, and why spend all that time traveling, You know, all the extra budget investment, all that sort of
0: thing, to come all the way over here to race? Yeah, I mean, I've been watching, obviously, the scene grow, Since uh, I think 2019, it really like started picking up like the gravel, which I mean, I don't only look at it as gravel. I know there's a lot of racing in the U.S. as a whole. And um, and I kind of was watching how everything else would elevate with the gravel, because now there's a lot more money coming in. There's um, a lot more media and naturally things will just grow together kind of thing and yeah it's it's a lot of budget so um previous teams that i was on it's obviously we pretty much focused domestically in south africa and yeah when after i won epic i obviously got a lot of credibility to kind of pull some shots and um get some good sponsors which is specialized and i've been with specialized for like four years and then Toyota South Africa came on board and they they have a nice budget and they just allow me to do what I wanna do. It's my own program with another teammate, Tristan Nokia, youngster. And I was like, I'm going to the US. <laughs> That's what I wanna do. Um, obviously you've done a great job on like all of you guys on you know putting it out there on social media and like, i mean without the races these these events wouldn't be as big as they are i that's how i believe because otherwise i wouldn't follow it i wouldn't care um and yeah i kind of just through social media i could see which races are good and which ones are growing and um yeah decided to try and pick a few that i could kind of tie in while staying in the u.s for like a month at a time or a few weeks and yeah it's been it's been pretty wild so far i mean it's i think you guys probably feel the same as you race in your country for so long you kind of you've done everything like probably five or six times same Mm -hmm. races Mm -hmm. and eventually there's a point where you have to you're like okay well what more am i getting out of this yeah and that's where i wanted to go to the u.s and also just no one else, if you have the opportunity, just try and do it. And obviously here, people are super f- accommodating and it's been really easy. Like everyone here in the U.S. have been amazing to helping me. There's always someone willing to help, which has yeah. been a lot easier. Europe is, is difficult. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. language barriers, um, just... It's it's a culture bit of a culture shock to anyone, yeah. and um, coming to here yeah, to America is, it's a lot easier to kind of slot into the system as such. Yeah. So I think it's kind of a it's I think a lot more internationals will start coming. Yeah,
1: definitely. No, it's amazing how, how international the field is is getting. Um, uh, I added it up the other day uh, the unbound results and only there are only 10 Americans in the top 20 at unbound, which is I that's mean, ridiculous. That's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how are your, you also sort of made it seem like your sponsors have been pretty happy with you coming over here and racing, which I think is interesting also. What is that? What have those conversations been like?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's great media around these races and, um, like i've always known that and if you can just kind of get in there and i mean the amount of people that follow back home is crazy it's i get so much support from everyone and they just love the scene and they all know the scene so it's so cool to or they don't and they're like learning like oh geez how's this and like the steamboat you know winning like a jacket a vest and like cowboy hat it's just like (laughs) to south africans it's so cool anyone europe whatever so dude i love
1: when we got onto the lead boat podium and they handed you that denim vest and the cowboy hat i remember you just muttering something like my girlfriend is just gonna be like what is going on when she sees this like you really you're in it now yeah i was now.
0: i'm deep in it now but i mean i don't know how many comments i got on the post people just love it like yeah. absolutely love it and that's that's what it's about there's such a cool i think like there's a very fine line between races being serious and cool and then one too much of the other and i think that's a really that here the races here in the u.s have done a really good job on they're rad they're serious they mean a lot but they're also fantastic events and people love watching them and they're also quite ridiculous like being hard (laughs) so it's like I don't know how they've got it right, but it's, yeah, it's, it's been really cool. Yeah. Um, last kind of overall
1: question about us racing, what are we going to do about Keegan? Like, what's your, what's your impression? Because it's, it's cool how it seems like there's a good handful of us that are, you know, of a fairly similar level and Mm -hmm. like it, it changes pretty frequently um like you never know what's going to happen on the day yeah everyone's form is you know has these slight variations as happens and it it stays exciting um but dude this guy is just on a completely different planet and there's absolutely nothing any of us can do about it what's it been like for you being in the bunch with him and just seeing what he's doing
0: i mean he's a he's a great guy keegan and russell have helped me a lot being in the u.s like letting me stay at their houses and helping me with logistical things i mean they're great people and um i know keegan we raced at epic a bit and stuff like that and yeah i mean he's he's an animal he's got that mentality killer mentality when he races i can see something switches yeah like massive he's a super mellow guy off the bike but you can see when when he races you you don't want to mess with him you know So, and I think we've all been there. You get on that way, like that, I don't know, you just, you have a process and everything clicks, like nutrition, training, like you and your mechanic, your coach, and everything just clicks. I think he's really in that, in that zone, like kind of like I was in 2021, like you never really get sick. You never have mechanicals. You just... And if that doesn't happen, you pretty much will, you're going to win. Yeah. Like if you're talented. Especially these off-road races where yeah. things go wrong a lot. Exactly. If you can just minimize all these little aspects of things that can go wrong and which he's done really well at managing um, and putting in the work, not getting sick. I mean, you, it's pretty much guaranteed that you're going to do well, yeah. I think. It's just, but it's easier said than none. You go through these. You know these dips through your career <laughs> so yeah i think he's just he must you have to ride these waves you just got to send it for sure <laughs> um before we started
1: recording you mentioned that you stage aired for uae mm-hmm. for a bit i'd love to talk about that but do you think i mean obviously there's a lot of banter going on with keegan's level right now and people are starting to you know pull apart his power files and stuff and be like how good is this guy actually um <laughs> Do you think, uh, like, would you like to see him take a swing at the road and see how he, he stacks up there? Because, like, I mean, to be totally blunt, like, when you do break down his numbers, like, it is, yeah. it is pretty fucking insane.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely, I mean, he's easily got it. Yeah. And he's savvy in a bunch. He can move up. I can see how easily he moves up and how well he can stay at the front. And that's pretty much all you have to be able to do. like in totally like that is the most critical part be being able to race with those guys and in those from my experience with UAE like that's pretty much if you can surf through the bunch and stay at the front dude you're gonna be good yeah like he has endurance he he can go five hours deep at whatever six Mm -hmm. watts per kilo it's not a problem yeah yeah so it would be really cool. I I hope maybe I don't know if what his deal is, but hopefully he can kind of find a deal where he can be free to have the the like what he's built as a mountain biker yeah. and then be able to dabble in the road without compromising the mountain bike side. I totally. hope I really hope that someone sees that and is like cool let's just take them on yeah we don't have to change anything we don't have to like strip sponsors you know all that nonsense just come race on the road for don't know two months whatever totally yeah I'm, well we're in boulder
1: so it reminds me of jv jonathan vodders and mm. nef and like that sort of seems like a somewhat natural fit because he seems like and that team's been some of the most open-minded yeah. in the world tour and they've almost like graduated guys like Lachlan and house in one direction. Yeah. And it'd be cool if they kind of like sort of helped someone in the other direction, but, um, kind of going back to the fact that there's more money into the sport now, like it would require a world tour team, like taking a bit of a risk and actually Mm -hmm. doing a real investment. Yeah. Cause that, I mean, they tried with, uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but they tried with Colin Strickland after he won unbound. Yeah. And like the numbers just didn't
0: work at all. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they could sort it this time i mean you know as you know you build these partnerships yeah. it takes many many years yeah, for sure Many It'd be a lot to give up yeah for yeah. like i mean all you need is some idiots in the bunch to take you out and then you supposedly should ride rider, you know <laughs> yeah that's literally that's how cutthroat it is yeah because there's so many good guys so if you don't perform they're like well well that's a waste of our time we we'll just go find another guy so talk to me a little bit about your experience so how
1: did how did you get that opportunity to guest ride with UAE because
0: I mean that's obviously that's an insane team dude yeah I mean that's for those is, that don't know that's Tadej Pogacar's team yeah I mean this is before he won the tour so it was like this is in 2019 um but yeah I mean the mountain bikers have a with fund funder pool and Pitcock, like, I think the World Tour teams are definitely watching mountain because They know that they're strong and they can hop to a road bike, you know. And that was part of my deal with, I mean, that was kind of the thing with UAE, is that I did Cape Epic with, with Alan Hathley in 2019, and we had a solid result fifth overall, and we almost won the prologue, and I crashed and broke wheels, and, like, it was a horrific epic and we still did well and um my coach is one of the coaches performance manager yeah at UAE and um they were asking about me and then we said oh well let's try and get did you know the usual power test and see if you good enough tick those boxes and yeah I went over to to Spain to Girona and um Pretty much stayed there <laughs> and raced um i did two of, uh Walter Burgos. yep yeah so that was pretty it's pretty big race that's a pretty hard one got yep. thrown in deep end yeah um didn't help that i broke my collarbone i think three weeks before i had <sighs> to leave what yeah dude i got hit by like a we have like these little delivery guys who like deliver food on little motorbikes Mm. and he just t-boned me (laughs) toasted me anyway so it was like a real mad panic like racing three weeks with a plate in the collarbone um so it was pretty stressful but yeah i did everything they wanted me to do you know and it's just i mean the speed and the, the aggression and being on that bus like it's so much to take in you just like am I really here right now like what you dream dreamt of kind of and yeah that was super cool like just like doing drag races to the final climb with like Vasil Kirienka and like you know in I think were there Ineos then no maybe Sky yeah can't remember but like I rode for Rui Costa and um, he was the main GC guy that year and Jan Palank and you know, all these guys that you look up to. Yeah. And yeah, it's, I mean, the level is high. Like they're really, and it's, it's a job. Yeah. Like it's a job job.
1: Yeah. 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 There yeah. are expectations that are cut and yeah. dried. It's yeah.
0: like mountain biking is fun. Like what we do is fun. Yeah. Like it's a, but there it's like, if you don't do your job, you're out. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you realize that there's a lot of money and it's, it's serious. And, um, it's cool. It's, it's nice to see a different part of the sport. And then I did some Belgium classics, um, Brussels, something, um, for yes, with the Asper Philipson and stuff. Kern Brussels Kern. Could be that. I don't know. I like that. You don't know. I don't actually know. <laughs> I know we started in Brussels. There's and, a lot of those to yeah, keep track there's, of, but it's a pretty big race. Yeah. Like cobbles and it's just like psycho the whole day <laughs> what was it like racing on cobble she's <laughs> like it was horrific and it started raining and i mean this is not even real cobbles this is like baby cobbles you know i was like dude what is happening i had guys falling in front of me just it was just absolutely ridiculous and then we did two of slovakia which was quite cool mm-hmm. that was interesting mm-hmm. with Chris alexander Christoph and stuff so yeah i had a good little stint <laughs> did Just, it
1: leave you wanting more
0: like curious to see if you could i mean stick in there and and like switch it was weird like it kind of put me off almost mm-hmm. in yeah. a way i was like i don't know if i'm cut out for this you yeah. know and in the moment i was really upset that like i didn't get obviously getting chosen from being a stagiaire is is a hard like it's it doesn't always happen you have to be pretty freaking amazing to do that um which i didn't really know because i didn't even like now i know a lot more but like then i was like kind of just thought that was a process and then try to get on like smaller spanish teams and stuff like continental pro continental but didn't work out and then yeah basically just came back to South Africa was like, I had to cut ties with all my team that was there. I had to end my contract and everything to take this gig. And you don't get paid or anything. It's just the opportunity. But I was like, you have to try. Because if I didn't, you would regret it, you know? And then, yeah, crawling back to South Africa, (laughs) like (laughs) not making it is quite a... Yeah, my tail was between my legs kind of thing. And uh, we had a, our s- like final stage race of the year, which is called Wine to Wales, It's quite a big race. Yep. Um, Isn't that like a
1: 2,000-person mass start road race kind of?
0: No, no, it's a no? three-day mountain bike. Oh, okay. But it's, it's big, like good prize purse and stuff like that. What's
1: the one Susie always did that was like a massive mass participation road race?
0: Oh, Argus. Yeah, the August Mountain Bike was Cape Town Cycle Tour to now. Okay, it's called different sponsors. Anyway. But yeah, that's um, and then I went back to my team. Just said like, listen, can I just ride? And then we won. I won that race with my was teammate, and then kind of carried on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it you you like the amount of depth and like power that came from just racing on the road is ridiculous hmm. like
1: you think it leveled you up? yeah interesting
0: 100%. like i think doing that leveled me up to where i am now because huh. I, I saw how these guys trained <laughs> i was and the level i was like what <laughs> on earth how is this possible you know? give
1: me give me like a, a description of like how their training was different
0: just no excuses you know it's like it can be snowing pissing with rain whatever they're just out there six hours whatever and they they bust their balls every day just it's it's a way of life you know and that that was like i was like okay shit we i'm soft you know so (laughs) does that explain why you
1: rode two hours yesterday the day after led boat and Also, I don't know how much you rode today, but literally, okay, (laughs) quick thing (laughs) last night when we were coordinating, when we were going to do this, we weren't sure this house was going to be available Yeah. and you're like, don't worry, man, I'll have an answer for you before you wake up. I was like, what does that mean? That's like sort of presumptuous. How do you know what I'm getting up? You're like, I'm going to be up early riding. I was like, what? Dude, we just did lead
0: boat. (laughs) Like walking still
1: hurts. Yeah. I mean, poured ran on you both days.
0: Yeah, that's kind of... I think it's... It kind of detriments me in a way as well because I don't... Uh, like, I think you are talking about in your previous podcast, one of them, because I listen to all of them. So, um, <laughs> about rest days, and I'm, like, f- freaking terrified of them. Mm. Like, I'm just a bit of a psycho when it comes to... I train too much. Oh, interesting. Never too little. Mm. Always way too much. And... So it's like a kind of a, a blessing and a curse. Um, but yeah, just the level, being there in like 185, I think, is a Peloton normally in these races? And like everyone is at your level, yeah. minimum. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just the standard, like just to be there. Yeah. And just the, the tactics and how they will literally just push you off the road. Like I got pushed into the grass by some quick step guy just like shouting scream, i was like dude what the hell's happening i'm just like so scared i'm like, Fuck. I'm, like I'm just trying to freaking i'm just doing what i'm told mate and this guy's like shouting and headbutting me i was like i just hit the brakes i was like dude i don't know what to do and then i was getting shouted at and i was like man maybe i'm not cut out for this stuff you know yeah 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 but yeah just the, you learn a lot Mm. and you realize how cutthroat it is for sure yeah, yeah yeah um
1: all right let's talk cape epic so what year did you win cape epic 2021 20, 20, 21 yeah um you've done it six times now
0: yeah believe nice. so pretty sweet home race to have yeah <laughs> it's not bad <laughs> we have to have something you guys have all the gravel leadville we've got at least we've got cape epic <laughs> Describe for me the process
1: of, or kind of your trajectory with that race. Like, was it something growing up you always knew you wanted to do? And it was like a bucket list participation thing? Or Mm. how did your interest develop? And then once you tried it, how did that then morph into, hey, I think I can actually win this thing at some point?
0: Yeah, it's... Obviously, I didn't grow up cycling as such. I was... Did motocross first. Mm. So I raced here in the States and everything. Oh, no way. Yeah. Got huh. injured. Short version, got injured. Found cycling as a... Like
1: Supercross or outdoor? What were you doing?
0: I was at Millsap's training facility. So I was doing like the Laredalins. Mm. You know that whole thing? Yeah. So outdoors. Yeah. And kind of prepping you for pro. Um, and then I rode with like Joey sovachi jordan smith like we were all training together so it was quite cool um and i got injured here in texas um and then yeah used the cycling as rehabilitation basically Mm. and eventually took me to (laughs) like at a pretty i think i was 21 yeah 20 21 to really focus on riding um and then yeah i remember seeing cape epic when i was probably like 11 years old it kind of went through the town that i was living in and i was like just you just kind of like well this is a big race and then didn't really think anything of it until i came back well until i was in the sport and then everyone was like dude you have to do cape epic you know and it's it's a very hard as you know it's a it's a big race and it's hard to get in <laughs> it's not easy and then I got my first opportunity with um, GoPro. We did like uh, with Ali Munich. Um, we did like a vlog type thing mm. before this was a thing. Yeah. Before so we, it was we were actually before, if we did it like, it would have been pretty rad, but we were like two ahead of the game. Yes. So... <laughs> <laughs> the world wasn't ready you can still find it out there it's on youtube so we did like every day of like this thing and ollie used to be a professional mountain biker and he did the world cups and stuff so he was like my mentor mm. and yeah that i mean we i don't know even know where we finished like maybe just outside top 20 mm. and then yeah basically i did a few more and it just every year trying to like you do your first one, it's like top 20, so close. Then the next year, the, it just gets deeper. Yeah. And deeper and deeper. And you're just like, dude, what? <laughs> like, Why are all these are people coming gonna, here? Are we ever going to get like a top 20 again? <laughs> you know, <laughs> even though you're getting way stronger. And then um, I've, had a, I've had a lot of like sickness in Epic, always like stomach bug. Or it's so hard to just stay healthy before that race or after that race. Do you think that's because there's so many people around sharing yeah. stuff? Just And it's in South Africa, obviously, that's kind of in March is like peak. It's just tapering off um, summer. Okay. So it's very dry. Like there's, The water is not like great. Um, normally, a lot of people are getting sick that time of year for some reason. Mm. I don't know. Like, you know, you go through these seasonal kind of flu things Mm -hmm. and like the seasonal stomach I don't know if you get them around here in the US like Mm -hmm. the town gets taken out by like stomach bugs Mm. interesting so we have that a lot Mm. and um, yeah basically it's always like around epic I think I I think it's because maybe your immune system is quite low you know all this and yeah I've been plagued by that a couple years now and then I raced with Alan Hathley who's we could we're really good friends, and um, we lived together for a little bit and stuff. And yeah, when he was on Specialized, and then we were leading the prologue, or the whole the whole prologue ahead of Nino and Lars and stuff. Damn. Sorry. That was twenty nineteen. Yeah. That's crazy. So we, I mean, and then I smashed the wheel like two kilometers from the finish, and just like rode the rim, <laughs> just like, and I think we got fifth on that stage right of shame yeah that was and from that day looking at that podium and i was like i am getting back on that thing like i don't care i will do whatever it takes like it something switched in my mind mentally because it was like so hard to swallow not making that podium because i messed up and then obviously 2020 was a shit show yeah so the race Mm -hmm. didn't happen um we were all preparing and i remember we all got a call like we were riding the prologue route and we got a call like it ain't happening and we were like what and then yeah that pretty much just carried on i was like well it's fine more time more time to get better so and then i got the opportunity to ride with with jordan suru obviously we all know he's a decent bike rider <laughs> he can do things <laughs> <laughs> so I was like oh uh, shit okay <laughs> I can't mess this one up you know Yeah. and yeah we just ripped that prologue like absolutely full gas and that was like just being able to stand there in the yellow jersey being a South African was like it was ridiculous like you it's like everything you dream of and then to just wear it every day <laughs> it was just... It's a big deal back home. And, yeah, it's it's cool. Like, people respect you for it. And it it gives you a lot of... It's nice, to when everything works out and it just... It all clicks and you get it right. And then you're like, thank goodness, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, when you get, like, that break and you're just like, oh, it's like a relief.
1: <laughs> yeah. Did your life change some after that?
0: Yeah, for sure. Like, people people buy you drinks at the bar and stuff. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, social media, and it's it's a lot, like, no. No. Um, pretty simple and pretty awkward in a sense. And um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It. I think I said in the one video, like, I thought it would change. Hmm. Like, it was such a, like, it's, you hype this thing up your whole like career and you're like winning this race and then you win it and nothing really changes like in, in yourself. Yeah. 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 You kind of, I don't know why you expect something to change like massively. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. And then you're just like, well, I'm the same dude. I have to carry on training. Life (laughs) goes on. Yeah. You just have, it doesn't hurt less now. No, you just have this, (laughs) like this Jersey hanging in your room with a little trophy yeah and i was like man that's pretty intense you know it's like <laughs> i mean you, there's nothing different about you so people think you different well people think now that oh wow like you know you can but meanwhile you've been doing this for the last like five years <laughs> it's the same shit <laughs> <laughs> you just happened to win it <laughs> so it was, it was weird yeah have but you ever talked to
1: howard about any of that like that process
0: no I haven't it you would should. be cool you should just yeah.
1: about that whole uh, like success thing and then
0: how nothing changes for you but like the rest of the world treats you differently kind of thing uh, sounds like he had the exact same Oh yeah, kind of like epiphany as such like you're yeah. just like whoa yeah. this is weird I mean obviously he won Cape Epic
1: also but just yeah. in general like he
0: I was there when he we were like kind of with the team and yeah, he's an animal. Dude. <laughs> it's good to see him racing again. It is. Yeah. I have a lot of respect for him.
1: Huge respect.
0: Are you going to come back this year? You head back to yeah South Africa here a
1: couple yeah, head days back tomorrow. 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 Um, and and to, to clarify, that's why you continued to ride right after Leadboat, you have a yeah. two day travel coming up.
0: <laughs> Pretty much. There's a lot of travel. So it's, it's like minimum. 25 hours of travel so and then you're losing time going back (laughs) um but yeah i won't come back to america this this year again because there's not really i mean there's races but i have a lot of races as well back home Mm. and i have world marathon champs which i really want to try and do well at
1: it's a good course for you this year
0: yeah it's it's going to be fast and flat and Better than <laughs> the usual world marathon of like five thousand meters, something ridiculous f- yeah, yeah. for the Keegans and the little whippets. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we have some stage races, and so it's not really an opportunity to come back here. Um, but yeah, if this lifetime thing carries on, it'll be cool to. I didn't want to. I didn't apply this year because I wasn't sure, like how it would pan out. Yeah, like, what the mm. races are like, how... If I even enjoyed coming here, if it's even possible. Mm. So, yeah, possibly for next year, I'll, If it still carries on, I don't know. How, Seems like happening. it will. Yeah, okay. So far, so good. It would be so awesome to have
1: you in there and just continue to make it more international. Because, yeah. obviously, we have, like, Lawrence Tandem in there and stuff, but it's obviously mostly U.S. riders at this point. And I think sort of the next phase is it gets... Even more professional and competitive by just
0: diversifying the. Yeah, it'll the be nations. cool if they, like, are willing to, you know, get have some riders from different countries as well. I don't
1: know why they w- wouldn't be. They should. I think this year was a little bit of almost like a proof yeah.
0: of concept. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's done well. Yeah. I mean, it's really it's simple to follow and yeah. <laughs> like they've got good races. so... Yeah. I would le- I would definitely apply for that next year and then, kind of I'd have to like stay the summer here yeah. so I can tick off like quite a few of the races and then for maybe the ones late in the year you fly back and forth. For sure. But it is a little bit of a logistical headache. Yeah. But it's it's doable. Yeah. It's all doable if you want to if you want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking of. Uh,
1: little whippets and climby courses and flat courses last question um some of us were kind of like man i wonder like what matt's power is actually like because you're a big unit and i remember <laughs> i remember at rule of three you had a a puncture and it had to chase back for a while yeah. and it was a pretty like it wasn't flat but it was just kind of rolling middle section with a lot of open road and stuff and I remember you just hauling ass back up to us i don't know what the gap was but you closed down a big gap and you had this crew of guys on your wheel like jeff kabush and a handful of other legends who come back just like they just been through war and they're just like yeah well we just like survived the most insane motor pace to get back here on this fucking south african freaks wheel
0: um what can you what can you do for 20 minutes power wise um i think pb is 520 or something jesus christ <laughs> something like that i have to ask my coach you're 80 kilos yeah 80 81 my god man so i that's mean so absurd yeah I, obviously i couldn't prove that with the altitude but at sea yeah, level yeah. i can that's obviously where i can push the watts. and um yeah i mean all my all my powers on strava i don't yeah, hide yeah. anything that's why i asked you because like yeah. i feel like of this
1: generation I like a few care. years ago i would never ask anyone that yeah because no one published it yeah but now with like you know sep always leaving it up there and yeah i've always it's
0: just the way people do it now from when i started i've just left it every stage of epic you can see every every training ride yeah because i think it's good it
1: is good it makes it way more interesting people love it yeah and i mean also now in this age where like all the tour guys aren't dope to the gills and on blood bags and stuff like there there isn't really anything to hide yeah
0: um and it just looks cool because i'm heavy so the power looks super ridiculous (laughs) so you have to do it to freak out your competition sometimes (laughs) that's what i like to do you just like you just go rogue some days and you just leave it up there. And then it's like, I mean, it, it's, I'm good at training. I like training. But so I can push big numbers in training. And, um, but yeah, like I said, it looks more impressive sometimes than it actually is just because I have the whole, I have gravity. <laughs> it's a bitch sometimes <laughs> to get up climbs. Well,
1: it's been a pleasure racing with you, and uh, I'm I'm really stoked to have you back over more next year. And we had some fun banter at the lead boat podium. I think pretty much everyone on that podium was like, "Man, maybe we should, maybe we should uh, send it the other way and
0: join Matt, yeah. over in South Africa for you Cape gotta, Epic. You got to do it. Yeah, we got you. Got to send it through a, a little American squad. Yeah, that would be sick. That would. I be mean, cool. not a lot of you guys don't come out to Epic. No. Well, it is a, it's a beast of a travel and logistics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make it happen. Yeah, love it. (laughs) Cool, man. All right. Thanks, Thanks, Matt.
1: Hello again, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today. Really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Matt Beers. What a legend, huh? Really enjoyed getting to know him a bit better and also really enjoyed lining up with him a few times this year. Looking forward to doing more of that next year. I want to say a big thank you to Epic Rides for making today's show possible. Their 26th annual tour of the White Mountains is coming up very soon on October 1st. But if you want in on the action, you're going to have to act fast because it is almost completely sold out. And it makes sense because this event is an amazing combination of all of the best aspects of the 24 hours in the Old Pueblo and of the whiskey off-road. It's kind of as if those two events had a love child. It is certainly a race at the front, nice and competitive for those that enjoy that sort of thing, but most of all, it is just an awesome weekend-long bike party, the likes of which only the good folks at Epic Rides know how to throw. Like I said, it happens October 1st, and it happens in Pine Top Lakeside, Arizona, which is about three hours from Phoenix and Tucson, and participants can choose from a nine-mile, 35-mile, or 50-mile single-track option, or a new 30-mile gravel grinder. It has an awesome grassroots venue with a natural amphitheater, beautiful stands of pine trees abutting the Apache Sitgreaves National Forest, and combines high-quality trails with an intimate music venue and industry expo. It all comes together to create a good day on the bike. All distance options are beginner-friendly, too. Even the 50-miler course has just 3,500 feet of climbing, which is certainly respectable, but uh, the course is not necessarily trying to kill you, which... Is quite nice. You can go to EpicRides.com for more info or to register. But like I said, act fast. Uh, The folks at Epic Rides told me that you probably have until the end of August, maybe September 2nd or 3rd until all the spots are accounted for. EpicRides.com Big thanks also to Dometic for supporting today's episode, a long-standing and very appreciated partner of the podcast. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about their new Dometic Go Compact Camp Chairs, just yet another incredible offering in their outdoor line of products. But today I want to circle back and talk briefly about their CFX line of powered coolers. I love these things for a lot of reasons. Um, The most obvious one is that you can leave the ice at home. These are powered coolers, which means you can plug them into the wall, you can plug them into a vehicle. You can plug them into a portable solar panel. You can plug them into one of Dometic's portable lithium-ion batteries. There's just all kinds of possibilities. They're super quiet, super efficient. They pull very little power, but they're also super durable, which uh, we've tested. We've dropped ours a couple of times. And they come in all kinds of different sizes. Uh, We actually really have gravitated towards the smallish 25-liter option, Um, but even... Though it has a really nice compact size, it can fit up to 40 cans, like beer cans or soda cans, or five one and a half liter bottles. So it still has really spacious interior storage. If you're looking to get ambitious though, they have sizes all the way up to 75 liters. You can go to Dometic.com, hit the outdoor tab, or just Dometic.com slash outdoor, And use code STASH15 at checkout for 15% off anything in their outdoor selection of products, including those powered coolers, including the go camp chairs, even something as wonderful and simple as a stainless steel mug. Just go to Dometic.com slash outdoor and use that code, all caps, S-T-A-C-H-E, 15 for 15% off. Thank you all so much for listening today. Thank you to Lily McKelvin for editing and producing this show as always. And we will catch you next
0: week.